Hello listeners and welcome to Jungle's very first Robofactoring Insights podcast. Robofactoring Insights is a series of podcasts and webinars where we will have chats with robotics and industry experts to learn more about the trends and challenges within Robofactoring. If you are enjoying this content and want to learn more, be sure to check out jungle.com for more exciting news on Robofactoring. Without further ado, let's get on to business. I'll pass over the mic now to my colleague Renato Vasconcelos, as he will be hosting our very first interview. In today's episode, we are talking to Dr. Ralph Hassan, CEO of Lacon Electronics. Lacon is a leading electronics manufacturing services firm operating out of Bavaria, just on the outskirts of Munich. I hope you enjoy it. If you are my dad, my wife, brother, or close family, please do not click like at the end of the episode, as it will destroy our relationship. Thank you. Hi, Ralph, and welcome to the first edition of RoboFactoring Insights. I want to start by thanking you for hosting Jungle today in your offices and also for the very insightful tour to the factory uh, that we just did before this chat. It was very interesting to have a look at your operations and see the amazing work you do here. Uh, but first things first, uh, can you give a quick introduction to Lacon Electronic and yourself? Right, so my name is Ralf, Ralf Hassler. I'm the CEO and uh, co-owner of uh, Larkon Electronic, um, a typical German medium-sized companies, uh, company with 60 million uh, euro sales, uh, annual sales with two manufacturing sites, one being located uh, close to Munich in Karlsfeld and uh, the other one is located in Eastern Romania, uh, nearby Galatz. Uh, Larcon is an EMS electronic manufacturing services. So what we are doing is uh, we are designing and assembling uh, industrial electronic devices, PCBs, cable harnesses, even cabinets, uh, to some extent, uh, complete electronic devices, control systems. So this is the type of business we are in. Excellent. So my next question would be, can you highlight Lacon's unique selling points and what makes it different from other EMS companies? There are hardly any uh, criteria for differentiation in this business. So we have 400 Lacons in Germany, we have 2000 Lacons in Europe. Uh, so it's a really fragmented market and um, it depends a bit on the perspective from which you are looking on the market. Uh, whether you say, oh, Lacon is a big one or Lacon is a small one. So we are somewhere in between. So in this 400 companies in Germany, we would be on, if we would do a ranking, we would be approximately rank 25, something like that. So this gives you an idea of the market and yeah. the competitiveness. Yeah. So everyone does a bit the same. Uh, we have a very broad range uh, of, of, of services we can offer to the customer. So we do not only PCB, but we uh, PC, uh, PCB assembly. We also do to a large extent cable harnessing and, and box build. Excellent. And just to fulfill my curiosity, is there any chance that I use, have used or have seen a Lacon product in my daily life? Yes, there is a very high likelihood that you were in touch uh, with, with Lacon uh, assemblies. So, for example, uh, we are working for Knorr Bremse and basically each train in Germany are using Knorr Bremse brake systems and we are doing cable harnesses for these brake control systems. So, probably yes, uh, we have been working for robot manufacturers like KUKA, like Yaskawa. 
Um, we are working for medical device manufacturers. Yes. So quite likely, actually. <laughs> okay. Going back to some of the topics uh, that we were talking offline, you mentioned that EMS can be quite challenging because of the low volume harness type of production. Before we go into automation and some of the challenges that you face in such a production environment, can you elaborate on other challenges that you face, for example, related to sales forecasting, production planning? Um, the first challenge, and especially at this moment, the very uh, big challenge is uh, availability of material and components. So you might have heard that uh, Volkswagen and Mercedes, they have to go on, on, on uh, Kurzarbeit, so really yeah. reduce uh, their, their, their manufacturing capacities lack of components. So this is something we are also suffering from, um, which increases massively the lead times uh, for, for our customers and also the, um, how to say, the, the, the confidence level of planning is, uh, is lowering constantly due to this. Due to the unpredictability. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Technologically speaking, uh, in robotics or not, what advances or new technology you would like to see available to you so that you could take KMS and your company to a whole new level of productivity? If I see that, um, for example, the worker is spending more than 40 hours in sequence for doing the same job, then I would see this as an opportunity for thinking about Introducing the cobot model oh. robot. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, okay, so my next question would then be um, What are the tasks in, in your uh, production line that you think could be more amenable or have highest potential to, to be automated or you know, with a robot or not? Um, and actually, and how do you see the interaction between the worker and, and the robot happening as well? I have quite some tasks uh, requiring some kind of craftsmanship, for example, um, even for, for modern machines, I have still PCBs which need to be hand soldered, some components, mm -hmm. they cannot be soldered by a machine or by a robot, but you really, you really need skilled people, you always will need them, and uh, as you have seen the cable harness it's something yeah. which hardly can be automated. Um, so this always will be a domain probably where I need uh, skilled workers. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I have other um, uh, uh, other tasks like uh, the, the PhD placement, uh, which is a repetitive thing, which which can be automated. Um, where I currently have the challenge that the mix still is very high, so yeah. the forty hours in very seldom that I have this opportunity. Yeah. But this would be an opportunity for, for robots. Yeah. So and you would see it always as so like cobot assisted work. Right? It would be always like enhancing the capability of uh, the worker in, in, in the line. Yes, okay. absolutely. Okay. And um, have you uh, can you tell me anything about previous experiences trying to automate the THD placement? And, and what you've learned when you try to, to look into solutions for that? 
I mean, when uh, THT uh, technology was the predominant technology, so 20 years ago, yeah, before SMD came, um, uh, there were THT uh, uh, machines for high volume. Mm -hmm. And you still find some EMS in Germany who still have uh, automatic THT equipment, but this is really for high volume production. Uh, which we just do not have. Yeah, so the, the, there is a way to automate THT, uh, but uh, it will only be valid for, for, for high numbers because the, how to say, the preparation time and the mounting time to, uh, to put this machine to a specific PCB is quite high. Mm -hmm. Much higher than with the SMD machine. Understood. Um, so the other point I, I wanted to, to raise or get your opinion on. So one of, one of the biggest um, hurdles or bottlenecks for you know, bringing robots is the effort of programming, teaching the robot, you know, training the staff. Mm. Um, that, that, that's a big bottleneck, even though the technology is advancing. My question would be, where would you put the, the, the effort that you would be able to, to, to spend on that training? Of the, of the operator. So let, let's, for example, forget the recruitment part. Um, would you, do, do you have a benchmark or sensitivity for how much training you and the cost on training for the operators to make the whole technology viable? Tough question, probably. <laughs> mm. I mean, the challenge, uh, if we would introduce robots, is that I probably would need uh, skill sets which I cannot develop internally. So I would have to recruit somebody from outside mm -hmm. or some kind of service company to provide the robot with a complete service around programming and uh, teaching and uh, all this, uh, this stuff. So yeah. um, I think it would be quite hard to take the existing staff and try to adopt it to, to robots. So what I would imagine is that we make dedicated projects or use cases using people like you um, and uh, people, my people have to get used to work with the robots, but they, their work will not change significantly. Perhaps the way they work and the process will be a bit different, but uh, what I said, I would like to substitute the repetitive work and use their skills for doing the work the robot cannot do. Understood. Okay, um, I think uh, I'm, I'm asking my questions very quickly, so I think I'm being very, very quick. Um, I have two, two more questions. Uh, one would be technology-wise, and we don't need to speak about uh, robots anymore, but technology-wise, what, what would you like to see? Uh, being offered to you as a equipment or machinery or new technology that you think could take uh, EMS manufacturing to, to a whole new level or e easing some of your pain points today? Is there anything that you see in the pipeline? Mm -hmm. hmm. Not as a quantum leap, not really, mm -hmm. no. Um, I mean, when I when I when I take my individual perspective of uh, of, of sales-driven PC 
CTO in a competitive market environment, then I would be a, a personal advantage uh, uh, if cobots or robots would enable me to have better competitive positioning. So uh, in the sales process to define opportunities where I put myself in a better position than the competitor due to yeah, the way that I can be a bit more uh, competitive or price effective because I'm using robots instead of uh, mm -hmm. killed uh, labors in uh, an area like uh, Greater Munich area. Understood. My last question is, uh, what is the next big thing for Lacon? The next big challenge you'll tackle? Or, or maybe even something that uh, will put Lacon in the news? Well, um, as I said, uh, we are in this ranking, we are on place 25, something like that in Germany. And just right now, we are um, in a very uh, challenging process to identify and acquire um, other companies uh, in order to, to, to build up a really medium-sized player to become one of the top 10 players in Germany with this, with this, in this EMS business. Mm -hmm. This is uh, the current process. <laughs> okay. Um... Just really one last question. <laughs> Just one. Did I say this before? <laughs> uh, it, it is. It is almost like a, a classic in in this type of thing. But hmm. uh, is there any question that I didn't ask you that I should have? Um. <laughs> <laughs> My sexual preferences. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe I should have asked about it. Uh, uh, beer preferences, because I'm pretty sure you're far more, far I more prefer of wine. Wine? Of okay, that's uh, <laughs> surprising coming from a, a German. Uh, okay, so we're still recording, so do you do you have additional questions that I should Perhaps only, ask? only one, I saw a, a 3D printer um, over there, so you're experimenting with it as a uh, technology? Uh, sure, yes. We have several in the companies, uh -huh. and um, for, for all type of purposes. Sometimes, yeah, we have printed some connectors. Uh, we are printing uh, prototypes of housings, for example. This is where we use it. But do mm -hmm. you think it will take on more? Kind of yes. Like Renato's question is, could that be the quantum leap? If there's more advanced mm -hmm. in that Not uh, really, because, because it's still very expensive compared yeah. to yeah. Uh, uh, plastic molding or Housings of, of sheet metal is still far less expensive than a 3D housing. So for prototyping and very small series, yes. But for serial production, I do not see it yet. I have one question actually. You have to ah, sorry. project your voice. <laughs> yes, um, I have one question. So, so you said that you want to be in the top 10. So when you, when you be in the top 10, you think that you will also have your own robotics lab here your own people doing also R&D? Uh, this is one of the main reasons why um, I'm seeking for more size. Uh, uh, for example, dealing with this type of potential uh, production efficiency increase uh, or uh, what I urgently would need some kind of um, gatekeeping in, in Asia. I would, need, uh, I would need an organization in Asia doing procurement. 
Currently, I'm too small to uh, afford this. And uh, this is the same with dealing with robots. Yes, if I would be of bigger size, then there is a higher critical mass and I could dedicate uh, resources uh, and, and, and recruit some smart guy uh, like you and say, here, please. Uh, but currently, I'm too small to do this. So this is one of the main reasons why we are doomed to, to grow. Good luck. <laughs> More questions? Okay, so we'll just wrap it up. Uh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> and that was it for today's RoboFactoring Insights. I really hope you have enjoyed it. If you want to stay updated about new episodes, please follow Jungle Robotics on LinkedIn or sign up to our newsletter at jungle.com. See you soon and thanks for listening. If you are my dad, my wife, brother, or close family, Please do not click like as it will destroy our analytics. Thank you.